episode 223 and a a real sincere apology for the layoff. Totally unintentional. Uh, We do hear and read the love that our After the Whistle listeners give us when we have not done shows in quite a while. I was somewhere last night and uh, someone came up to me like, listen, I'm Jones in here. Where's the show? I'm like, really? He's like, where's the show? I listen every day. So I'm like, fuck, sorry, man. Get right on that. I go, this one's on me today. Yesterday was Craig. Craig was traveling. Today was on me. Tomorrow we'll be back. And what a day to be back. Good morning, Craig. I can uh, understand the frustration from uh, some of our listeners kind of uh, looking at, uh, you know, looking at their phones every morning when they're driving to work or they're just at work or just, hey, you know, I'm going to take an hour out of my day to kind of listen to these guys uh, sit there and, you know, chat about what's going on in the hockey world. But uh, but everyone said, here's what I don't understand. Everyone says, you guys are hilarious. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? We're hilarious. We, yeah what uh guy says to me last night he goes i love when you impersonate craig's voice he goes you do it so well <laughs> i was just laughing i'm like shit i didn't know i didn't know that people actually pay attention to that stuff but anyway so i dropped the ball yesterday that was on me thomas was amazing though that show that we did yesterday uh, you know no, was awesome Oh, I mean, it was awesome. I was so excited for that one to get out. So too. was I. And then you and your technical difficulties with your computer. <laughs> Give me a friggin' break, man. And that's not the first one. No, that's, that's what people old. need to understand. That's uh, <laughs> There's been a couple now that, uh, you know, I guess I was thinking to myself yesterday because I was super irritated. I was super irritated, certainly not upset at you because you, you do so much with the editing oh, and everything you. of the show and you spend so much extra time. I was so upset. So there's, there's, I, I can't sit here and be angry at you because you do so much, but I was super angry because that was an awesome show. Thomas yeah, Manick was. was on fire. Um, we had some great discussions and debate on, on trades, uh, you know, throughout the league and, and the Sabres and all that kind of stuff. And it was just awesome. And I think the fans would have loved it, but you know, uh, my favorite conversation was from yesterday though, are all of our fears of flying. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah, didn't realize like, that Thomas was such a terrified flyer and I was the same way, but uh, you know, I mean, again, I don't want to, I don't know I don't if it's terrified, there. but certainly don't like the idea of flying because we've all had we've all had night not nightmare flights we've had some really tough flights throughout the time i think if you you know any businessman or any businesswoman that um their job takes them to the airport where you have to fly continuously uh you know throughout you know a couple times a month this that and the other you're going to hit some you're going to hit some bad bad flights and we've had some flights over the years i you know i played uh you know 16 years in the nhl and a couple years in the minors and it was buddy i i'm like richie valens really man. tough you know who, tough flights you know who richie valens is he's the guitar player isn't he not the he's, singer he's, he's yeah what song does he sing he's famous for it for it uh you'd have to you'd have la, to. La, 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 baba. anyway he died in a plane okay. crash but he used to have nightmares he was terrified of flying i am the i am identical to richie valens i've actually had nightmares of dying in a plane crash but that's just conversation for another day
Where to begin, Craig? With I mean, we got it. We're starting Sabers Leaves, but I have two. I have two. Are they called bones of contention? Two bones yep. I'd like okay. to pick with the Just, Sabers right now. Okay. Yep. But I don't know if you have an instant thought on the game. And I'm not going down the path of soft and all that stuff because I know that people are expecting that and people don't want to. It's not really. It's not. It's not about being soft. Not about being soft. They. They. Last night, the if if you had to describe them in one word, what would you what would you say? Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. Okay, that's a that's a good one. In last night's game, I think for many different reasons. Yeah, the crowd being one of them. That's okay. the first time any of these players have ever experienced that kind of a environment with a game of that magnitude, like where the game actually mattered against the Leafs. Some of these guys have seen Leaf games with the fans there. And we had this conversation yesterday with Thomas, and it was a great conversation. But you have the fans there, all the Leaf fans, and and this has got to stop. I loved the environment when I was a player because we were a good team and we'd go out there and we would waste their trip. Their Leaf fans would come down, they'd drink all our beer, they'd eat all our wings, they'd hit on all our women, and then they would go home losers because that's what they were at the time. But now they're the best fucking team in the league, one of them. Yeah. And they come down here and now they're playing an upswinging Buffalo Sabres and you have... Did we say 60%? Do we dare say 60? Or do I be fair and say 50-50? They have an overwhelming amount of people there. Yeah, but they've always had that. It's not something new. But the game had more meaning to it. More meaning than it's had in the last 10 years. That uh, Last 10 years, it's been Leaf Sabres. Big fucking deal. Last night, it was Leaf Sabres with playoff points on the line. For both teams, but more the Sabres yeah. than anything. And I think, and I think something that is major is the Ryan O'Reilly uh, trade situation. The Tage Thompson Ryan O'Reilly. Oh, so you're the factor factor? Is that what you're calling it's, it? The, I mean, it it is a factor. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly comes back to Buffalo. He's with a new team. They've already chalked up that first round win because they've got Ryan O'Reilly on the team and Nolachari, which I think is a fantastic move for Toronto. I might, I might be chalking him up to a first round win right now. Carry on. You know, as soon as I, as soon as I watch the game and I'm watching, you know, Ryan O'Reilly skate around with his big burly beard and this and that, and I see our guys, I, the the number one thing that comes to mind is we're super immature as a hockey team. We're super, we're super, super immature. I mean, you can sit there and, and you got Kyla Poso and you have Zemgus Gergensen that are what, 30, 34 and 30 years old consecutive. And everybody else on this team is, is just so young and immature. That's what I, that's what I, and you know, listen, I mean, Kevin Adams, his staff, they have a, they have a plan. They have a plan in their head of what they want to do with this hockey team. And that is nothing. They don't want to do anything right now because there's nothing to do. Like as much as I want to see a Timo Meyer and all these trades, I want to see come in to Buffalo to make this team stronger. Cause I, I do believe that they have a strong core, but I just look at the team and they're just so friggin' 
immature and young in the way that they play. I like how they finished the game. Uh, the again, same, the Leafs, the Leafs got off mean, to a start, man. Come on, what do you listen. Mean, what do you mean? Listen, that you're, was that was happy with the way they want. You, listen, they Craig, you finished could the not, game. You, it, it, it exemplifies the, the last ten years. They have nothing no, to play for. No, nothing no, to play no, for because no. they're getting spanked. That's what it was. They were getting spanked, and all they had to do is just go out and play now. Because there's, we're not winning the game. There's nothing to play for. So let's just now we're going to turn up our game. And we're going to play. I'd better. like to believe it's not that, but maybe you're right. There was another big mistake made last night, and this is not finger pointing. This is not. I mean, I guess it is finger pointing, but it's. I think it's a learning move for the coach. Why? You know, you want to start your post game press conference with it wasn't UPL's fault, and I love that from Don Granado. I do. Yep. Take the heat off. Who are you going to throw it on? But it's your fault, Don, for starting him in that game. What? That's, that is not the game to start the kid. He's not a kid. Oh, he's a kid in the league, Craig, when it comes oh, to. Oh, here we go. Like, I mean, what do you mean he's a kid in the league? He's, he's, he's been around. He's played games in multiple years. Why like, didn't Craig Anderson start that game? U- Ukapeka Lukanen. Like take you got to take the crowd into a, to a, uh, account. You got to take the so the atmosphere comes into play. Like you're gonna get playing fucking booed in your own rink. You're gonna you're get playing booed. at home. No shit, you're playing at home, but you're not playing at home. That's not a fucking home game. That's a that's a tough spot to put a kid like UPL who's a fucking roller coaster. You should have played the veteran. You should have played the poise, calm player who absolutely understands the moment understands the magnitude that was should that is why you have craig anderson here to calm those moments down upl starts flopping around like a fish you don't know if he how he's going to recover craig anderson flops around like a fish and lets one in he's going to snap right back out of it and he'll get right back into form because he's been there he's won over 300 fucking games in this league why did he not start that game i don't know I don't know. Massive mistake. Massive I, mistake. My my feeling with the whole thing is you need to go with the goaltender that's going to give you the best chance of winning. And right now they feel that's Ukapekalukanen. Okay, let me ask you something. Is that how you feel? That's that's not how I feel. No disrespect uh, to UPL. I he 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 did not he didn't deserve to get put in that situation. People are saying he shouldn't have been left in. He never should have started. What do you mean should have been left in? What do you mean? He got pulled after what? Four? Yeah, people are saying he shouldn't have been left in, left in after the third. <laughs> Build some character, man. Build some character. That's what I that's what I said. Craig, that last night, that is a that's your that's your offensive powerhouse team in the East. That's your that's your powerhouse. And you're going to put the rookie in there, and you've got a 41-year-old veteran who's played this year sometimes like he's 28, and you're not going to start him. No. So it's, I would I, be starting Uka Pekalukanen, who oh, gives me, I bullshit. think, the best chance to win. Oh, um, but shit. I, I, I do believe that, you know, mistakes are made. You look at the first goal, you know, you have uh, Quinn turn it over. Um, they, they come back, there's lost coverages. Like, I mean, there's just, 
the defensive side of things for the Sabres, when they're bad, like they're really, really bad, really bad. And they've shown this year that they can score goals. That's that's one positive to watch as as a as a fan is I like watching teams that are skilled and teams that can score goals. But when you when you're playing against a team that can score goals also, like Toronto, who's one of the top in the league, you need to play defense first hockey. You need to be um defensively responsible in all areas of the ice. And the Sabres are very immature in their in their game. Like Mitch Marner last night, how how how's how's Mitch Marner? How is little Mitchie? Well, he's up an absolute now. stud, man. An absolute stud. Walked around all our guys. It, it, it literally looked like he was playing on the uh, ODR. The old ODR with old Mitchie, Mitchie Marner. What's ODR? Outdoor rink, bud. Oh. Wake up. Wake <laughs> up. You're Canadian, aren't you? Oh, you've been in the States a little, a little too long, but that's a, it's okay. Hey, hey. Um, I've never heard it referred to ODR. Yeah, that's never like, heard that's of ODR. like when someone that's refers to lacrosse as lax. They're like, oh, I play lax. I'm like, what the fuck is lax? Yeah. What's lax? Never yeah. heard of that. Oh, it's lacrosse. I'm like, oh, that must be what you call field lacrosse. Because in Canada, yeah. we call it lacrosse. But go on. Fucking lax. It's called relax. Mistakes, How about relax? Mistakes, 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 mistakes. And the Sabres are prone to give up. A lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes. They're they're a bit. I wouldn't even. I, I'm not going to go there and call them a train wreck. Um, they're just very immature in the way that they. Play what did we expect? Game. I don't understand. Like, uh, I mean, I know the Sabers are pushing for. Uh, what did What did we expect? I yeah. would expect what all the other teams are doing right now is they're staying in the game. Okay. They're staying in the game. Giving them giving themselves a chance to win. You know, like Detroit again pushing the pace they're they're desperate another big win against washington which was which was huge you know you, you just look at you look at around the league like i mean chicago blackhawks chicago blackhawks beat the vegas golden knights well they beat the leafs too yeah it's interesting i i i you know i i the more and more and more i i try and discuss the direction of of what I would like to see as a fan, and not only a fan, a guy that's kind of been around the game long enough that I feel that my opinion is not just like some couch potato, okay, that doesn't know his head from his ass. I feel that sometimes I have some points that can be debated, and right now, you know, when I when I sit there and I look at the team, it's clear what they need. Oh, tell and me. And it's either you can go out and tell get me. it or you can sit there. And I think what Kevin Adams and his staff is doing is they're going to sit and they're going to wait. They're going to be patient. They have a plan. They're going to allow these young guys to marinate, get better. What do they need, Craig? They need leadership. They need veteran leadership. They need uh, defense Possibly two defense. They need uh, a different style of player. Well, what does that mean, Craig? What does that bunch. mean? What does that mean? What do you mean? What does that mean? Different style of player. What does that mean? This is where I'm going. Come on. Because, well, the, you listen, because I mean, they, I'm going to tell you something. They have uh, outstanding third and fourth line, gritty checking line players 
don't make your team better. That's a fucking quote from a lot of the people. And I'm just talking locally as we refer to this team that feel that is not what this team needs. I am so, I'm so tired of this fan base being fucking brainwashed by flat out inexperience and stupidity. That is the problem. You're being told something that is, and you're taking it from someone who has absolutely zero idea what they are talking about. You can look at the charts and the graphs and the puck possessions and the entries and the, you know, all that shit. But what you do not know is that a guy who maybe gets 17 points a year, finishes every check, blocks shots, kills penalties, you know, plays with a ton of energy, yaps at other players, those things that you don't have on your charts and graphs and and all that stuff. Those are the players that we are talking about that the Buffalo Sabres need. Period. End of story. We have our we have our point, guys. We have them. They're here. Yep. Now you got to build around them. So you want to keep going and adding superstar power and add another nine million dollar player that you don't need? Or do you want to take take that nine million and go and get two four point five million dollar players? Like who's the Russian guy that went out to uh Mikhaev? Telling me you wouldn't want a Mikhaev on this team on the third line? Yep. Right? You wouldn't want a Casey Sezikis at three point five million on this team? Yep. yep. You wouldn't want a you wouldn't want a uh 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 Martin, Matt Martin on this team at two point four million in his prime? Yeah. Fucking right I would. Yeah. I I I hear where you're coming. I listen, I mean, just uh like I said, I'll I'll, I'll go back, I'll I'll use the 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 words that I used. And we are a very soft, immature team. And hopefully, because it sounds like Kevin Adams is not going to do anything, um, which is which is fine. It's it's uh, it's a direction that he wants to go and wants to allow these young players like, you know, like Peyton Krebs and, and Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka, kids that are 22, Dylan Cousins. Dylan Cousins just signed a big-ass contract, a big, chunky, juicy contract, and he's still, he's 22 years old. He's super, he's still a young guy, okay? He's still a young guy. I, I feel like if you're not on the other side of 25, 26, you're a very young player in the NHL. That's what I think. I just think there's a lot of players, you know, even Tyson Jose, who feel I feel like this kid's been in the league forever. He's only 24. Tage Thompson's 25. Cousins 22. Krebs 22. Jack Quinn's 21. Paterka's 21. Asplund's 25. I mean, we have a young, immature hockey team. I watch on the defense. We make mistake after mistake after mistake. Um, we're out of position a little bit. We're not playing a uh, a strong, structured, defensive-minded system. Maybe they and just what can't... I mean by defensive-minded system. Maybe that's the not Leafs are just away from good. offense. Maybe the Leafs are well, just are that, that good. good. I mean, maybe the, the the inexperience. I mean, I, I like. I mean, that's the immaturity that you're talking about. But I mean, you know, we talk yeah. about defensive structure. Maybe that's just easy for the Leafs to play against. They've been, they've been gobbling teams up all year. Sometimes teams like Chicago get lucky, you know, but 
for yeah. the most part, it's like I don't feel like there's any offense that did you see did you see the power play in the third period? The Leafs power play. Holy shit. In a in a honestly, how far apart were those guys? Twelve feet? But Twelve it, feet? It, and they were tic-tac-tac who's on the power play. Okay. Mitch I've never, I've never seen anything the, like that. Such such Mitch, Mitch unbelievable Marner's. passing. Mitch Marner is one of the greatest players around. That's all I can say. Is he's truly one of the greatest players around. And he he exposed a very young, immature hockey team. And and um, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs are a top team in the league. They have to be what top five. If you go and look at the standings. Well, they're top four, and you mentioned yesterday, which I thought was a super cool stat, is that the top six teams in the entire league are all from the Eastern Conference. They're fourth. They're fourth. Boston, Carolina, Jersey, Toronto, Tampa, New York. No, this isn't the Eastern Conference standings. This is the league standings. Then you have Vegas at seventh. You got a nice little run in the West there for a little bit down to 15. Then you got the Islanders. That's where it cuts at Florida at 16. Yeah. So it, it it comes down to the 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 whole discussion is what do the Sabers do? What do they do? They're in a playoff race. They have all of these games in hand. They lost their last two games. Absolutely got embarrassed the last two games. Okay, what does Kevin Adams do with this hockey team? Does he go out and make trades? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I I I don't think. I, I the go ahead. Go ahead. I just I, I don't. I don't think you should. They're not a playoff team. I don't think they should sell any. Wait for the draft. Wait for wait for the draft. Wait for. I mean, you can start trading when you're eliminated from the playoffs. Find a team that's eliminated from the playoffs, and and make a deal. But don't don't go doing all this now. It, it doesn't make for what unless unless you can trade away one of these young players and a draft pick for a a third line 26 year old guy with two or two years left on his deal who's i don't know that's that's kind of where i would be going I'll, i'd be fine with acquiring a fourth line guy to be quite honest with you but that second line winger that might play with cousins and quinn probably not yet Defenseman, well, I, I, make a depth I, defenseman. I, I I concur with all of it. I I I'm I'm just I'm I'm just jumping right on to the bandwagon right now of Kevin Adams. Didn't want to because I, I I see I see the glass half full. Okay, that's what I feel with this team. I'm looking at the glass half full. I'm looking at all the things that they do well. I'm looking at there's dynamic players on this team that are helping win hockey games. They're an exciting team to watch. They've scored a lot of goals this year. Fourth. Fourth most goals scored. Four. They're dynamic. If the Sabres, to watch. If the Sabres can finish in wild card number four at the lowest, they can go into the they can go into their year end meeting feeling disappointed that they didn't get there, but that was never the expectation. Where they are right yes, now, yes, it is. Yes, it was. No, the playoffs were not an expectation. 
they, no, they were, being, they were being in the being in the hunt. That's for the I'm playoffs. Not that's out. What... The last decade, this team has been out before December. Yeah, for Christmas for sure. Yeah. So, but what I'm saying is, they they don't have to feel like they failed by not making the playoffs. You can actually view missing the playoffs as a massive success if you can finish right there because what that does to your players mindset is now you say oh my god we were right there and we can get there now that we have a little bit more experience so now that's where your general manager in the offseason can go and completely bolster the morale of the team heading into the next season by acquiring a couple pieces that might protect these guys, you know, and the, and, and guys like Tage and Skinner and all these other guys would be like, holy shit, we got some muscle. We got some muscle. Go grab a big, big six foot five defenseman on the back end. Holy shit, we got a little bigger on the back end. Go maybe snag yourself a goalie because I'm not sure UPL and Comrie are your duo next year to carry this squad there. And you say, holy shit. We've got a fucking team here. Yeah, I was watching a game last night. Does that make sense? Before yes, you it on? does. Like yes, you, it does. You you need to you need to almost get there with what you have, so that the move that he makes in the offseason makes this team believe yes. that now they really have what it takes, and there's only a few teams that can stop them. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was watching a game last night. I was watching a game last night, and I'm just thinking to myself, man, what I would give to get the player on this team. Okay, so was it did the game coincide with the Sabres game, or was it was it on it, after? It coincided with oh, the Sabres. Did. Okay, Tom Wilson. Oh, fuck. are you serious? <laughs> are you are you serious? Why? Why would you say? Why would Tom, you say that? Is it Tom Wilson? Yes, it was Tom Wilson. Why'd you say that? Because that's the only fucking player that I would sell the farm to go and get. I listen, man. I'm going to tell you right now. I, I, the Sabers are a team right now that are going in an unbelievable direction. There are so many prospects. There are so many prospects, talented first round draft pick, Rosen, Coolidge, Oslin, Savoy. I mean, there's so much and, and, there, and there's, and there's more, there's so much more that the Sabres have in their prospect pool. They have lots of draft picks. I think to myself, Washington is on a skid down. They are not the team that they used to be. The greatest goal scorer in the game. Yes, I'm going to say it. It's Alex Ovechkin. That's what I believe. He's, he's what, 38? 37, 38? Their players, their top players are on their way out. TJ Oshie, just hanging on. God, would you not love to get a player like Wilson for this team? A guy who is not, he's not a, a, uh, a mutt. He's a former first round draft pick a long time ago. He's won a Stanley Cup. And oh my God, does he play the game 
the right way. And he's a UFA, a UFA after next year. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's a very interesting. I mean, uh, that's exactly how old is he? He's twenty eight. He'll be twenty nine on March twenty ninth. Absolutely perfect age. He's from Toronto, which bodes well, but also doesn't bode well for this team because I mean he's a UFA after next year, and I could see that's kind of exactly what Toronto needs too. <laughs> I mean, yeah. could you imagine if Toronto could get a a guy like that? somehow so yeah i'm I'm with you but that's that's kind of where this team needs to go they need to start looking at those types of players and the problem is there aren't many out there so there's a premium price but here's the thing toronto doesn't have anything to give to get him if they were to move him that's that's their problem but as an unrestricted free agent yeah. it could be a completely different story in a yeah he year. had 52 points last year he had 24 goals he's got 98 penalty minutes he does everything that you want. He does everything that you want. The size of the balls on the players on the Sabres for the first time in well over a decade would, would be so swollen and large because of this one player on the team, it would be off the chart. And here's the thing. No, it's the best thing about Wilson. I'm watching him last night. He scores on the power play. He's not a a second or a fourth liner or a third liner. He is a top six forward. Oh, yeah. Play with the best players on your team. He's got unbelievable skill. He can fly. He's physical. He can score. He's got a great mind for the game, too. Like he's responsible. He's, he's, he is, he's an every generation player. He could have played in any era, any era and been on a top line for sure in any era. I'm just looking around here at uh, Jordan Greenway and the Minnesota Wild, what they're going to do with him. He's another guy and everybody. And listen, I mean, Mike Harrington, I I, I love the man. Okay. I'm just going to bring He's this gonna up. going to come on the show. He's going to come on the show with the bone. They're coming on. They're going to, we're going to battle with him. Okay. Go on. Well, we're, we're, listen, I mean, uh, I love, I love the anger that Mike Harrington has for the people on Twitter. It's just, it's incredible. It's like a sideshow just in itself. Reading his tweets. Oh, it's very entertaining. But there was a, there, there was a guy that obviously listens to after the whistle and heard our take on Greenway and uh, Mike Harrington shot back at this guy and just absolutely tried to crush him. Because he didn't like the take. He doesn't like Jordan Greenway. Why would you go get Jordan Greenway when he's got, what, two goals this year, six points in 40 games? That's not what we need, this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, you know what? I mean, I think it's I think it's a guy that you might want. No, it's a guy that, I you, think, it's a guy that you do want. It's a guy that you need. I just think I, I I think he skates well. He's a big kid, you know. He he has an upside to his game. He's twenty six. He's at the right age where he's probably you're probably going to get the best years in the next three he's from four Canton, years. New from York. Him. Can I tell you what someone told me about Jordan Greenway and the Buffalo Sabers? Shoot, that he would love playing here. Well, Don I, mean, I don't knows him. I mean, national granted, development kid. 
national you, development. I mean, you probably kid. love playing anywhere right now because he would get more ice time. But I am led to believe that he would be very happy to be a Buffalo Saber. Yeah, and it, now he he was a former second round draft pick. What do you need to give to get? You have three second rounders. He's making three million dollars. I don't so, have a problem with three million dollars for Jordan. I don't. Greenwood. I don't either. But other teams You're might. You're paying Tyson Jost. You million. don't. You don't because of the cap space. But other teams might look at that and be like, "We need you to retain some salary." So the Sabers shouldn't have to give up any more to get him because they should just take the salary straight up. Because yes. I think what he's going to do here, he easily gets you thirty points next year, easily, and that will justify his three million. Yeah, and. He'll make everybody a little bit bigger on this team because he's tough tough as fucking nails. Much bigger, yeah. So bigger. He's not the only guy, though. You just need guys that uh, that, is two seconds too much. I don't want. I'm not giving a first for him. I wouldn't be giving two seconds for him, but maybe maybe that is the going rate. Casey Middlestad, straight up. Casey, uh, Casey Middlestad in a second. I don't like that either. Why? I think because Casey Middlestad has. Fucking 30 plus points right now. Yes, but but think but about what? take give the points. Give the points and take less points for and think about what you're getting in Greenway. Like, think about that for a second. That's a fair trade-off for me. I don't care about Casey Middlestad's points because guess what? He will skate away from a scrum. But guess who won't? Jordan fucking I know Greenway. that, but it, we'll, he's got we'll 34 right points, okay, Petey? He's got 34 points in 55 games. He's on pace for over 50 points. You don't give up a fucking 50-point guy who's an eighth overall draft pick who's 24 years old for a guy who's got two goals. I would. That's the, that's the great thing about this is that neither one of us has no. to be right or wrong. Hey, no. Hey, ATW yeah, listeners, yeah. Casey Middlestad for Jordan Greenway straight up. Who says no, no? way? Absolutely okay. not. General manager Craig not in, says not no. in the not in the slightest would I be doing that. That's just me. That's just me. I think Casey Middlestad right now at age 24, okay, at age 24, is going to be a 50-point player this year. He's going to score 50 points. He needs 16 points the rest of the year. He's going to get 50 points as a 24-year-old. That's the third center on the team. There are going to be, if if you want to trade Casey Middlestat, there are going to be people and teams lining up for him. Because what is he, what is Casey going to get when he's 26 and 27, when he's even stronger and more mature and, and understands the league? Casey's been in the league for six years. Five years he's been in the league. You got a you got a third line center that's going to put you up fifty points a year, that has the ability with maybe a bigger role and better players. Imagine if Casey Middlestad was playing with better players. Victor Olson is great, great hockey player. Scored how many goals this year so far? I don't know, a lot. Scored a lot. <laughs> But how many how many assists does he have? Well, the, I mean, I mean, how many? Are we how talking many about plays? the same thing with uh, Middlestad and Olafson? Like maybe maybe well, that's uh, that's what I was saying. Olafson, like Olafson's got nine assists this year. Goal scorer, but yes, all, I, I, all I'm saying is 
I, I, you're not trading Katie, Casey Middlestat for a Jordan Greenway who I right would. now cannot even somewhat, he's in the lineup, but he doesn't play. Okay. He, he, they already have the Marcus Felinos. They, they went and got uh, Ryan Reeves. And now all of a sudden, Jordan Greenway is somewhat irrelevant in Minnesota. That's what, that's what they're looking at. He might be irrelevant in Minnesota. That doesn't mean they're going to just give him away and not ask for something in return because I think any team that's that's calling about Jordan Greenway knows exactly what the value is that he brings to the team. So what's his value? What's his value? Size, physicality, and a shit ton of potential. That mm-hmm. in itself is worth a Casey Middlestad because I think oh I God. think here in Buffalo we have we have maxed out on his potential here and we've said this before this is not an indictment on Casey Middlestad's abilities it's an indictment on his time here in Buffalo is over like and and he needs to be used as a roster player in a deal to go and acquire another roster player of need that's it that's what it is and what's he making? Two point five. And what's Greenway making? Three million. It's it's a wash almost. Because as you've said up, in the past, you, you do not give up a player that's going to put up fifty points. Okay, but I think I think where you're where you're going wrong is that you're going based off what Jordan Greenway has this year. Okay, okay. Would you rather? Would you take Casey Middlestad right now with nine goals and whatever he has and forty something points, or would you take Jordan Greenway? At 56 games, six goals, 26 assists, 32 points at 6'6", 235. The year before that, in the with the Minnesota Wild, eight goals, 20 assists, 28 points, 67 games. Last year, 62 games, 10 goals, 17 assists, 27 points. I'll take 27 points in a whole season from Jordan Greenway over 50 points from Casey Middlestad and making more money. All day, every fucking day. You know why? I'll give you six reasons. Okay. Skinner, Thompson, Tuck, Cousins, Quinn, Herka. I don't need anybody else. I don't need Casey Middlestad in that mix because after that, he's not a third line player, but he's not in my top six. Can't tell me he's in your top six going forward. And I think a depth third line veteran center is exactly what this team needs to try to acquire in the offseason. Yeah. I don't think that that is the trade. I I strongly believe that Jordan Greenway um getting a new opportunity and we've seen this in the past. I've played with guys, I've seen guys get traded that are struggling on teams, struggling to find their identity on a certain team, get an opportunity get a different look, a different feeling. It sparks the spidey senses and those players. I've seen a lot of players take off. I would love nothing more than to see Jordan Greenway in a Buffalo Sabres jersey. He's 26 years old. He fits in with this entire team. Okay. This guy is a puzzle piece he is not the end-all be-all of going to make us make the playoffs and this that and the other he is a puzzle piece he is a third line left winger 
So that what are you five ten one eighty? He's he's going to be six six two hundred and thirty pounds. And guess what? He's got skills. He's got skating ability. He is underachieved this year. The other years, if you look at it, last year, um, last year for an example, he had twenty seven points, ten goals, but he missed twenty games. So in those games, he's probably looking at about eight to 10 points. You're looking at a 30, a 37 uh, point season, probably around maybe 15 goals. Okay. The season before that, he had 32 points in 56 games. So his rookie year, he had over 40, 12 goals, 20, 24 points in 81 games. Yes. I, I, I think Jordan Greenway can be a 40. 40 plus point player. You wouldn't player. give Casey Middlestad for no, him. No, what are I you wouldn't. giving? Hey, what are you giving for him? Um, what are you giving for him? I, w- I would, I would give, I would give, like maybe a Peyton Krebs. I would be looking to move a certain type of player like a Peyton Krebs, who I think right now is not a fourth-line player. He is not a fourth-line center. As much as that's where he here is, he's at in Buffalo, does not make it the right spot for, for Peyton Krebs. Now, Peyton Krebs has played very, very well in the position that he has been put in, but he's not a fourth-line center. He's a former first round draft pick, 17th overall. He's got great skills. He works hard. He's very young. He just turned 22. And I think Peyton Krebs has the ability in this league to be what Casey Middlestad is right now. He could be a 50 point guy, but he's got to be on the right team in the right environment, getting the right opportunity. It will not happen here in Buffalo. There is far, far too many young guys. Yari Coolidge is playing in the minors right now, and he ain't far off from playing in the NHL. That's part of the thing here is like, you know, what happens with Matt Savoy? Where are you going to put all these guys? Like by the time they're ready to come in, by the time they're ready to come into this league, this team should be using those pieces to these aren't the pieces that you're winning with. These are the pieces that you're using to build the rest of the I'd be shocked team. if Matt Savoy played for the Buffalo Sabres. I would be shocked if that kid played for the Buffalo Sabres. I would be shocked if Ausland played for the Buffalo Sabres. I would be shocked beyond shocked if Yari Kulich didn't play for the Sabres. He is going to be playing for the Sabres. Okay, so what he happens? So is who's the going, man out? That's here he right is now. going to be probably the third line center. If you had to pick right now. Casey Middlestad probably will be moved. But it's going to be when Yari Kulich is ready to step in and step in and play well. Okay, let me ask you something. So what the fuck was I going to say? Oh, um. If someone called right now in a deal and said, I want Quinn or Paterka, and you had to pick, 
Who are you keeping? If you have a deal on the table and it comes down because you, teams aren't going to be calling for and and don't don't kid yourself. I part of my belief, and I don't know anything in, to this regard, but part of my belief is that both those guys are in the lineup so that when you make a trade, they are considered your roster prospect. Man, probably ups their value a little bit because they're in the league than just like high end prospects in the minors. Quinn scored a nice goal last night, too, by the way. Yeah. I mean, Quinn's been very, Quinn's been very quiet. Okay. In 48 games this year, 48, he's got nine goals. I just asked you to pick one. Listen to me. You need to listen. (laughs) Is this you? Is this you procrastinating? This, this, so, so Quinn last year shredded the miners, shredded it. Okay. Was the leading point producer in the American Hockey League at age 20. He ends up making the jump to the NHL this year. In 48 games, he's got nine goals and 23 points. He's plus six. He's still, he's still immature. He's six feet. He's, he weighs 175 fucking pounds. I weighed 175 pounds when I was fucking 16. Okay. This kid needs time. You know, to this is- grow and strengthen his okay. body. And what Listen about okay. stop stop? <laughs> he in 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 a full season, Petey, in a full season, he is on pace for for 40 for almost 40 points in a rookie season. It's great. That's fantastic. In his season. next year, in his next year, which is next year, in his second season. That could be 65 points. Yeah. It could be 25 goals and 65 points. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so, where you, so where are you going with this? Because Paterka has been praised and rightfully so. But I'm just asking which one you'd keep right now. That's that's Paterka. Like, Paterka is, is an inch shorter at 5'11. He's 15 pounds heavier at 190 plus. Okay. He's a year younger. You refuse. He's a year you. younger, and he's he's he has seven goals and nineteen points in fifty two games. So he's going to have a a thirty, maybe if he's lucky and really picks the things up, he'll probably be around thirty thirty five points. Okay, that's a year younger. I I think both these two guys are guys that you do not want to move from. I wouldn't move. What if what if Colton Pareko's part of that I, deal? Because you know that if St. Louis is going to be moving Colton Pareko and Kevin Adams calls about Colton Pareko, that this is one of the risks that you're running into right now because you're there. Well, I'm moving, I'm moving Henry Yokiharu in the deal. Well, that's if St. Louis wants him. I, look, they're, they're, they're I'm not worried want- about Henry Yokiharu in part of the deal. I'm worried about what roster piece are you giving off? What kid are you picking off this roster? Well, I just told you. Henry Yoki Haru, who makes two and a half million dollars, but he's not on his end. I'm talking like one of the real I'm not, blue. I'm chips. not done yet, though. I would be moving Henry Yoki Haru. Okay. There's your right-handed defenseman for your right-handed defenseman. You're you're getting Henry Yoki Haru, who's a 23 uh, year old kid that is going to be turning 24 in the summer. Okay, okay. Casey Metalstad. <laughs> so. 
I would I would be looking to trade Henry Yoki Haru and maybe one of those first round draft picks, like an Oslin. Oh my god, it's gonna take so much more than that. It's gonna be at least three pieces. This guy's a fucking stud. Come on. How many years does he have left on his deal? I'm gonna you pulling him up? Or yeah, I'm well, I'm looking at his stats. He's in, in 53 games, he's got three goals and 19 points. That's he's a 35 point defenseman all day long. Okay, he's he's an, an absolute mutant, another mutant added to it. He's six six two. Do you know how many don't look? Pounds. Do you know how many years he has left on his contract? Uh, oh my I God. Think, no wonder why they're shopping this fucking guy. He's how much, uh, he, how much does he make? 30, Six million. He'll be thirty on May twelfth. He makes cap hit is six point five million. No signing bonuses, so he's all he's all salary. Uh, not that I mean, not that that matters, but it's kind of telling you the structure of the contract. Um, he's six point five million, and he has only eight years left on his deal. Seven years after this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a hard pass. <laughs> can't, can't do it, man. Unless, unless you're going to have, unless you're going to have, well, maybe you can. You're going to have Darlene and Samuelson, who were they not split up last night for a bit? What is I going on there? Then you have, then you have uh, Power and Pareko for the next eight years or seven years after. That'll take a lot. Pareko's not going to have to do a lot Here's of skating. <laughs> you can't make this deal as much as I would love to make it. You can't bring on a six and a half million dollar deal right now because you don't know what you're going to be paying Rasmus Dahlin. You do not know what you're going to be paying Own Power. And until you find out what those two guys are going to be making, you cannot make any moves. None. You can't bring in a Timo Meyer. You can't bring in a Timo Meyer, negotiate a deal. He comes here, he's making eight and a half, nine million dollars. You're super happy. No, it can't be done because you do not know right now how much you're going to be paying. Everyone all says, well, Postal's coming off the books. Great. That money's spoken for. That's going to Tage or Cousins. Pick your pick your poison. Yeah. Then knock off another five or six million to make up the difference between what they're making this year and next year. This team <laughs> within a year. To two years, it's going to be capped so next out. year. So next year, this year, for an example, we're the lowest cap team in the league. Next year, we that's because you're the youngest team in the league. I know, but we have two players that are going from a nine hundred thousand dollars to seven point one, and a one point four million, which Tage Thompson is, and he's going to seven point one four. So we're going up a lot of money. With just two players, twelve okay? million. You're going up now. You million. have to. You're also going up. I mean, Tia Samuelson, who makes nine hundred twenty-five thousand this year, is going to four point three. Okay, we so have not even discussed adding what on that's Owen Power is going to make. What is Rasmus Dahlin going to half, make? Sixteen million. What is Henry Yoki Haru going to make? Ilya Labushkin. They're all on one-year deals next year. Well, Labushkin. I mean, I'm not worried about Labushkin. He's. I mean, he's not going to go from what up. he is He'll to like five million. I. I would. You know what? I want to see He'll him in a full year healthy. No. 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 I believe that he has been 
injured and that with when you get hurt smoking a guy and your job is to smoke guys then makes your job very difficult and you should know this better than anybody you couldn't fucking cross any cross check anybody for a whole season because you had a broken wrist and that took away from your game so just call it what it is so yeah well interesting all right conversations for another day and and this isn't going anywhere because we got the trade deadline coming on next week. Do you know what today is? It's February 22nd, but do you know what that means? In Sabre history, what does that mean? February 22nd. I have no idea. Are you serious? It's too bad. It's Pacaletta Day in the town of Evans. Oh, Pacaletta Day. Pacaletta Day in the town of Evans. You know? Uh, small town boy playing for his hometown team. Cool story. It was his first NHL game on this day, and uh, what a memorable game it was. But um, you know what a guy, man. What a teammate. Well, I got my bell rung a lot of times because of him. And and you want to hear a great story? We were playing Montreal. It's not a great story. It was two thousand eight, maybe. And uh, I had Frankie Bouillon lined up behind the net. I was coming the long way around the net, and Patty was going straight at him. Frankie Bouillon had the puck just off the goalie's back left shoulder. So if the goalie's in the net, he would have been to the back left shoulder of the goalie. So like closer to the Zamboni entrance in Buffalo. And I came from the other side of the net, and he didn't see me coming. Like he was about to pivot right into right into me. And I was, you know, back then, headshots weren't necessarily, you know, viewed the way they were. So I was going to, Frankie Bouillon, was, well, how big was he, Craig? 5'10"? Oh God, no! Five seven, <laughs> five eight, even better. I was I. All I kept saying was, "I'm gonna murder Frankie Bouillon." <laughs> okay, I good head of steam on me, and all of a sudden he turns into me. He sees me at the last second, and Patty Coletta has his blinders on, and he's going straight at him. Okay, so it's like two trains, five eight. Two trains going to try to absolutely kill one guy. And Frankie Bouillon jukes and jives out of the hit. Patty Coletta's head goes, helmet goes right into my cheek, drives my head right into the fucking glass. And I had to hold the boards to get back to the bench. And I couldn't see, I couldn't see out of my eyes. I had like a little pinhole. (laughs) I had a little pinhole like out of my right eye where I could see. And, and I was like, uh, I don't feel very good. Uh, I could barely get back to the fucking bench. I missed three games. Then four days later, I'm I'm getting tested by the doctors. And one of the assistant coaches comes in and says, hey, can you play tonight? I'm like, I can't. I haven't even been cleared. And they want me to fucking go out and line up beside the late yeah. Derek Bugard. Well, you mentioned Francis, Francis Bouillon. I played with him for a number of years in Montreal. He is a very impressive man um it says here that he's five eight I'll tell you right now i don't know if he's five eight i would say he's more more along the lines of five seven he weighs 200 pounds five seven 200 pounds he was a fire hydrant yeah, he was he was awesome man just a, a player back in that time in 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 the in the the late 90s that just had absolutely zero chance of playing in the nhl because of his size Zero, but he defied the odds. He came to training camp. I can still remember his very first training camp in Montreal. He was wrecking 
players, wrecking players, f- having to fight, fight tough guys, big guys, guys that were six, four, six, five, 240 pounds. Frankie Bouillon, five, seven, 200 pounds was, was fighting these guys and just like trying to survive, but he could also skate and move the puck. He had skills. And I'm going to tell you, he went on to have a really nice career. He played 776 games in the league. I think it's, he's, he was an awesome teammate, an awesome person. And I know that he's still, working for the Montreal Canadiens as one of the development uh, coaches. And you couldn't have a better guy around your teammates around that team than Frankie Bouillon. So, yeah, well, this was supposed to be about Pat Coletta, but we can make it about Frankie Bouillon. But anyway, it was it's Pat Coletta day in the town of Evans. That's a wrap on another episode of after the whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle. And at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.